Well, good morning. Um, happy Sunday and happy St. Patrick's Day. I came prepared with my green shoes today. But we are uh, glad you're here and uh, we're going to ask God to, to move in this place. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Father God, we give you permission to move amongst us and make us different because we came. And all God's people said... We're going to continue in our sermon series, as Jacob said, Next Level Living. And today's sermon is entitled Words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. We know that is just not true, but hold that thought. Scooby, Scooby-Doo. Y'all remember Scooby-Doo? Scooby, Scooby-Doo. Kings Island. Every year, we got to go once a year. My grandma made sure that her grandchildren made it to Kings Island. And I was in the fourth grade, my sister Patty was in the sixth grade, my sister Susie was in the ninth grade, and my cousin John was in the ninth grade. And we get to Kings Island, and as soon as we get there, we take off running for the roller coaster. And they only had one roller coaster back then at Kings Island, so that tells you how long ago that was. And the name of the roller coaster was the Racer. You remember the old Racer? Well, anyway, we get there, you know, and we get in line, and Susie's in line first, and she has to stand up against Scooby Scooby Doo to see if she's tall enough to ride. She's tall enough, so she goes on. My sister Patty walks up to Scooby Doo. She's tall enough, so she goes on. My cousin John walks up to Scooby Doo. He's tall enough, so he gets to go on. Now it's my turn to stand up against Scooby Doo. So I go and I stand up against Scooby Doo, and the guy says, I'm sorry, you're not tall enough to ride. And I thought, what can I do? And so this is what I did. When he said, I'm sorry, you're not tall enough to ride, I did this number against Scooby-Doo. I stood on my tippy toes. And then I was taller than Scooby-Doo. But guess what? The guy said, tippy toes don't count. And I was crushed. Today we are talking about going to the next level. We are talking about authentic growth in Jesus Christ. And I hate to break the words to you, but spiritually speaking, tippy toes don't count. Amen? God, grow us up for real. Colossians 2. Colossians 2, if you want to go there. I'm in the NIV today. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, as Lord, Jesus Christ has to be Lord. Amen? If we want to grow with no tippy toes, he authentically has to be the Lord of our lives. You guys have already known, just getting to know me in a few weeks, I'm kind of silly, but that's okay. Amen? Did you ever play the game Simon Says growing up? Sure. We're going to play Simon Says just for a second. Okay? Okay. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Simon says, raise your right hand. Very good. Simon says, put your right hand down. Simon says, raise your left hand. Good. Put your left hand down. You're out, you're out, and you're out because Simon didn't say, give yourself a hand. Now, that's a silly little game, but we're going to leave here today fired up about doing what the Lord says. Amen? about him being Lord of our lives. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, and overflowing with thankfulness. Aren't you thankful that God loves you this morning? 
Aren't you thankful that we can be Christians? Aren't you thankful that we can be the family of God? Verse 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. We want to grow. We want to grow as a church. We want to grow as individuals in spiritual maturity and no tippy toes. The Living Bible says this in Colossians 2, 6 through 8. And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, Trust Him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down into Him. Draw up nourishment from Him. See, see, see that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. 1983. 1983 was the year. 1983 was a great year for me. 1983, I was a senior in high school, and I was finally going to graduate after 13 years of school. Did you catch that? 13 years of school. I was ready to graduate. Also that year, our basketball team, the Rising Sun Shiners, we won our sectional, which was our tournament, which was a big deal, okay? And we had to beat a team that was a 4A school to win our tournament, and we beat them. First time we'd won a sectional championship in 53 years, and we were the champs. It was a great year. And it was also the year that I finally started to grow. As a freshman, I was five foot eight, but as a senior, by the end of my senior year, I was six foot one and I felt like a giant. Who among us today really wants to grow in the Lord? Come on. Who among us today really wants to go to the next level? And we can. And we can also see today how we're doing. We can really see today when it comes to the matters of the heart. The Bible says in Matthew 5 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Psalm 51 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. We can leave here today knowing the conditions of our heart. We can leave here today with a clear picture. You like that? A clear picture of our spiritual maturity. If we're growing or not. If it's authentic or if it's tippy-toes, we're going to leave here knowing that we know that we know. And you know how we're going to know that we know that we know? The Bible says that we know that we know that we know from the words that we speak and the conversations that we are a part of and the conversations that we're not a part of. Go with me to Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 33 through 37. And this is kind of rough stuff. But this is something that we all need to hear. And remember, I'm not at you. I'm with you. Verse 33 says this. Make a tree good, and its fruits will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruits will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, ouch. How can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you, verse 36, and don't let this go in one ear and out the other, okay? Verse 36 says, but I tell you, that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. 
For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I love games. I love board games. My favorite board game is Monopoly, okay? And I'm going to tell you something. I'm pretty good at Monopoly. But if you ever play Monopoly with me, you better watch me because I'm kind of shady. I know that surprises you. I love games. We can't take this sermon today as a game or a joke. When it comes to the words that we speak and the conversations that we're a part of, it is a really, 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 really big deal to God. Let me read this verse again. Please take it to heart. Matters of the heart. But I tell you that men and women, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. Bob Russell. Bob Russell was a preacher in Louisville, Kentucky for years at Southeast Christian Church. Just a, he had an awesome ministry. And now he's an evangelist. But he says that our words, the words that we speak are billboards of our heart. The words that we speak are billboards of our heart. Our words let everybody know the condition of our heart. Tony Evans, a guy I listen to a lot on my computer, says nothing lets us know. Nothing lets us know the true condition of ourselves spiritually more than our words. Ephesians 4.29 and following says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful. I'm going to read that one again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only. I'm going to get a little deep here about that word only. Do you know that word only in the Greek? And that word only in the Hebrew, and that word only in the Latin, you know what it means? Only. (laughs) Only. I told you I was going deep. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only. But only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that benefit those who listen. Do not let, and this is God's word, this isn't me. This is not some opinion I'm bringing from Kentucky, some opinion I'm bringing from Urbana, Illinois. This is God's word and all God's people said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that benefit those who listen. When I lived in Harrodsburg, on Sundays, we had two favorite places we liked to eat. One was Lee's Chicken. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had Lee's Chicken, but I'm telling you what, it will make your tongue slap your head. It's that good. And it was a buffet bar, and they had great sweet tea. I love sweet tea. And then the other place was the Golden Crow. Okay, you know, the, the, the food trough, the food bar. We were there one Sunday with our family, and a young lady that went to our church was working that Sunday. Her name was Mary Ann. She was one of the waitresses, and she was bringing out blue cheese dressing to the salad bar. And the salad bar, you know, everybody was at the salad bar. It was very busy. It's Sunday dinner. So she's walking out with her blue cheese in the container, and bless her little heart, she dropped it. And when she dropped it, it kind of turned at at an angle, and I mean blue cheese shot everywhere like a rocket ship. And there was a man standing right there when the blue cheese took off to the moon, okay? And it went all over his suit. And he lost his mind. 
he started cussing and carrying on and calling her every name but Mary Ann. And then in the midst of the cuss words, he would say, Blankety, 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 you ruined my church suit. Blankety, 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 you ruined my church suit. Blankety, 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 you ruined my Sunday go to meeting suit. And I'm sitting there thinking, now wait a minute, something doesn't match here. Blankety, 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 and my church suit just doesn't quite add up. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, even when blue cheese goes all over you like a rocket ship. Why? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Proverbs 21.23 says this. Proverbs 21.23 says, He who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself from calamity. I have played basketball about my whole life. Started in the second grade, and yes, I know, Kentucky lost to Tennessee yesterday, and I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, I've played basketball since the second grade, and then I played in junior high, and then I played in high school, Rising Sun, and then I played glorified college, Division Three, Cincinnati Bible College, but stayed hurt most of the time and didn't have much of a career. And then I moved to Harrisburg, Kentucky, and got recruited to play in an industrial league, and it was a lot of fun. And then our church team had a team in the church league. And I want to tell you something. Out of all the basketball I ever played, church league was way the roughest league I ever played in. I mean, church league basketball was rougher than a night in jail. Are you hearing me? So when I played church league basketball, I had to go out for the very first time and buy me a mouthpiece. Here's my mouth poo. And I wore this mouthpiece to play church league basketball so I wouldn't get my teeth knocked out. Because I got a pretty smile. How would it be if I was up here saying, I'm deep, that's the Lord. So I got me a mouthpiece. Well, as Christians, we need a mouth guard, don't we? Come on now. As Christians, we need a mouth guard, don't we? And we can have a mouth guard, and it's called the Word of God. It'll let you know the conditions of your heart, and it'll let you know your spiritual maturity. If you're grown or not by the words that come out of your mouth, and the Bible says that we're only to speak words that benefit people. Mouth guard. But see, biblically, the mouth guard is just not for us, but it's for those around us. Amen? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That is just one great big lie. And all God's people said, Matthew 6.10 says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's say that we're in Russia. We took a trip to Russia. And we've been in Russia for a little while. And we're really missing America. We're missing the English language and we're missing cheeseburgers and French fries. And so what do we do in Russia? We go to the American embassy. We go there and we we hear the English language and we get a cheeseburger and French fries. And even though we're in Russia, we get a little bit of America. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the church is supposed to be a little bit of heaven. Amen. The world's going to be crazy and people are going to talk about you out in the world. You're going to get poked at, if you would, a little bit with 
insults and gossip and evil, but the church is supposed to be a little heaven on earth. Amen? People should come and experience heaven here through our words. Through our words. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, church, we have an opportunity to be special. We have an opportunity not just to go through the motions. We have an opportunity to be the family of God through our words. Through our words. Proverbs 16, 23 and 24 says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. We're going to ask ourselves a tough question this morning. And I say we because I'm with you and not at you. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Can you be honest for a second? Your words, your conversations, what do they really and truly promote? Your words, your conversations, what do they really and truly promote? I was a youth minister for years at Southside Christian Church, and we were blessed with a very unique youth group. It, it was just not because the, the numbers were big, but out of that youth ministry, we have 16 young men that are in the ministry today. And we were also a melting pot. I mean, our youth group was red, yellow, black, and white. God had just blessed us. And we were at a CIY in Michigan, Adrian, Michigan. And it was a Thursday night, and at nighttime at 7 o'clock, they had a huge celebration service. Just a kick and worship band and the, some of the best youth speakers uh, in the country. It was just great. Well, I was running a little bit late to the celebration service. My youth coaches had already took our youth group. I was running late because I was still eating supper. I know that shocks you, okay? But I get done eating, and I'm running to the, to, not very fast, because I don't run very fast. I'm running to the celebration service, and I'm walking up the stairs, and one of my youth sitting there. And his name's Everett, and he's a sweet little boy, and he happened to be black. That's the way God created him. And he was sitting there, and the tears was just running down his face. And I called him Big E, and I said, Big E, what's wrong? And he kept saying, not here, not here, not here. And I said, Big E, what, what's wrong? And he said, well... Some kids just called me and they called him the N-word. And he was like, but not here. He was like, you know, Pastor Sam, I understand at school. And I even understand some places back in our hometown. But not here. Isn't this supposed to be Christ in youth? This is a 13-year-old boy. Isn't this supposed to be Christ in youth? Not here. Church, can we be special? Come on. Can we be special? Can this really become a safe place? Can people be ministered to here through our words? Come on, can we make that commitment? And no tippy toes? And no tippy toes. Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard over my mouth. See the name of my guard? Will you tell me what the name of my guard is? Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. We're going to go for the rest of our time to James chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Verses 1 through 12, and I know you have studied the book of James before chapter 3. And I know you have heard it preached. 
But I want you to hear it in a different way this morning. I want you to, to use it a, a, to measure as we study these scriptures. To really measure the condition of your heart as we study these scriptures. And to really take a real good look at the picture of your spiritual maturity. Can we do that? Amen? Can we do that? Okay, go with me to James 3, which is our main text today. James 3, 1 through 12. Dear brothers and sisters, family terms, because we're the family of God. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly, and Jacob's already taught us that today. We had an ordination service, and the men that are elders and deacons, he's, they, he told them right from the Bible, from Ephesians, you'll be judged more strictly. So if you're here today and you're a teacher or, or, or a leader, you'll be judged more strictly. If you have aspirations to be a teacher or a leader, you'll be judged more strictly. Remember, being a good teacher is just not having an intellectual or being able to wow a crowd with your teaching style. Being a great teacher and a great leader is living the life. Amen? It's living the life. Amen? Yeah. And you never know when that's going to be tested. You never know. About two months ago, um, Carl Hospital was literally five minutes away from my church in Abana. So I did hospital calling almost every day. I just enjoy visiting people. I enjoy praying with people. And, uh, but this one morning I went up there. It was a Tuesday morning, and I'll never forget it was a Tuesday morning, and you'll understand why I'll never forget. And I was going up to see Kathy Barnett. And at Carl Hospital, I was telling Jacob, you get a little sporty tag. This was my sporty tag. And I could pretty much go anywhere in the hospital because I had my sporty tag. Well, I get there, and i got to stop for the most important thing, too. I stop at the coffee shop in the hospital and get me a caramel macchiato with extra drizzle. Can I get an amen? All right, so I got my caramel macchiato, and I go to get in the elevator, and it's real crowded and busy. And I mean, I'm not a jerk. I'm, I'm a Christian. My grandma raised me to be a gentleman. So I, I know ele- elevator etiquette, you know. I thought I did everything right. It was a big crowd. I stepped on the elevator, and this lady comes in. I don't know. She was probably in her 40s, and the elevator was really crowded, and she walked up, and she got about this close to me. And I stepped back, you know, it was about as far as I, because it was really crowded. And I mean, she lost her mind. She said things like, didn't you see me? You cut in front of me. And I said, no, ma'am, I, I, I didn't. And I mean, she started hollering at me and cussing at me and calling me all kind of names. And can I be honest this morning? All the things I wanted to say to her. All the things I wanted to say back to her. Oh, my goodness. I had to bite my tongue. I had to keep looking down at my little card. It said pastoral. Pastor, no, this is going on. This whole battle was going on while she's calling me everything but Sam. And I'm going, I got my head down. I really am. I'm looking at my car. Pastoral, pastoral. I can't go. Pastoral, pastoral. And then the elevator's open and she leaves. And I mean, I felt like an idiot. I was so embarrassed. I didn't do anything, but I was still embarrassed. And a couple people on the elevator said, are you okay? And I said, well, a different start to a different day. i got to get off here and go get me another coffee. I need a double. (laughs) But you never know when we're going to be tested. But it's not like God was up there going, way to go, Sammy. You're going to get extra credit. 
Way to go, Sammy. That was really special. No, that's what God expected. That's what God expected when it comes to our words and it comes to our conversations. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. You know the only way to really control your tongue is he's got to be Lord. Amen. Lord of our lips. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes great speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can get your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Ooh, loose lips sink families. Loose lips sink friendships. And we don't like to talk about it, but loose lips sink churches. They become fake and phony and full of dissension. Not here. Come on, say that with me. Not here. Not here. We have a chance to be special. We have a chance to be a safe place. John Hagee, another preacher I listen to a lot, says, Some of the most vicious conversations, some of the most vicious conversations we are ever a part of take place at Sunday dinner. (laughs) Ouch. Take place at Sunday dinner. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Boy, the Bible just tells it like it is, doesn't it? Huh? So blessings and cursings. So blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevines produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. He should be Lord of our lips. I got a pastor friend of mine, been in, been in the ministry for forever, and there was a young couple that was in the town where he was pastoring, and he would see him at the local restaurant sometime, and he'd see him at the local basketball game, and he just kept inviting them to church, just inviting them, inviting them, inviting them. And finally they came, and they had zero church background, and they came to church, and he was so excited that they were there, you know, and he was preaching on salvation that day, it just happened to work out. But after the service, the young couple was leaving, and One of the ladies in the church who had been in the church for years and years and years walked up to the young lady and said, Hey, it was good to see you today at church, but if you come back next week, don't dress like a tramp. That didn't go over too good. 
the young lady began to cry and her husband wanted to whoop everybody in the church, including the preacher. Said, you lied to me. You said this place was a place of love. You said this Jesus cares about everybody. Our first Sunday and they're calling my wife a tramp. Not here, amen? Not not here. We're going to be a safe place. We're going to be a little heaven on earth. And all God's people said, Father God, we thank you for letting us be here today. We thank you for the way that you love us and forgive us. And now, Father God, as individuals and as a church, we we are asking you, please be Lord of our lips. Please allow us to authentically be the family of God. God, allow our church to be a little heaven on earth when it comes to our conversations. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.